Joshua 23. That spring weather finally showed up, didn't it? Yeah, nice and warm out there. Yeah, I get to play in my garden. <laughs> yes, you do. Tia said we took we took the Ohio weather, that, the bad spring weather that we were getting, we took it to South Carolina and dropped it off, and then we took the good weather in South Carolina and brought it back with us. <laughs> and so that's all right. That's a fair trade, isn't it? <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right. Let's get to our Bible study here. Joshua chapter 23. I can't believe we're finishing the book here. We'll start Ruth next week, but let's look at, uh, let's look at this. You can write this down. Um, for Joshua 23, uh, one of the things that I put as a caption that kind of describes and summarizes the chapter, words of wisdom that come from experience. Words of wisdom that come from experience. Uh, it's good that we learn in our life to get wisdom from those that have been through some things, especially that have been through things that we haven't been through yet. When they want to share wisdom with us about stuff, uh, we should take heed to that. Um, and so here we're going to look through a few verses here in chapter 23, but we'll see, we'll see Joshua sharing some words of wisdom from life experience with Israel here. So we'll just go ahead and get started with that. Let me start here in verse 1. Joshua 23 and verse 1, Scripture reads, And it came to pass a long time after that, the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. And Joshua called for all Israel and for their elders and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and said unto them, I am old and stricken in age. So he summoned everyone together. And ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is He that hath fought for you. I mean, He's just bringing them to remembrance of what God has done. Don't you love that? I mean, we need to be reminded sometimes in our own life everything that the Lord's done for us. Amen? So He's brought them all together, and He's, he's just he's starting. And I mean, that's the best way to start it out. Basically, i got some things to say to you, but the first thing I want you to do is remember all the things that the Lord has done for you. Um, it's also important that he says this because he's also getting ready to give them a charge, if you will. As we get into like verse 6 and on through the end of this chapter, he says, remember what the Lord's done. You want something to motivate you to keep the charge that the Lord has given us in our life? It's look back at what he's already done for us. If that isn't motivation, I don't know what, what else could motivate us, right? And I think that he's... Uh, He's giving them this reminder of all that the Lord has done. Uh, he says, look at what they've done to all the nations because of you, for the Lord your God is he that has fought for you. He's telling them, all your victory, everything that you've been given, it's all been from God. You didn't get any of it on your own. And he's asking them to remember all the miraculous. I mean, we went through chapter by chapter here. You remember these, these victories they got were absolutely miraculous. They were completely divinely uh, given to them. And he wants them to remember that. Um, because they're getting ready to go into an area that I think Joshua, as a wise, experienced leader, knows that they're getting ready to tread into dangerous territory. 
Um, it says here, you know, the, the he's old, he's stricken in years. Um, all the fighting's done, everything's been done, and now it's up to them to do right um, after the conflict is ended here. So let's look at verse 4. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off, even unto the great sea westward, and the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out of your sight, and ye shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. Now I think this is this is this captured me for a minute because we know when this all started, they were to go in and they were they were to drive out the inhabitants of the land. Amen. I mean that was the command. They were to, to drive out the enemy and possess the land that God has promised them. Now They've done, I mean, we've seen along the way, there was a couple compromises here and there and some things that happened. Uh, but here, now God is telling them, as, there, as, as the land's been divided, the fighting's been done, yes, there are still some little pockets of you know, their enemies remaining. God says, I'll take care of them. You see that? God said, I'll take care of them. Why? Because what he's about to tell them is, you just focus on staying faithful to me. Amen. Sometimes we need to stay focused on staying faithful. The ones that are against us, God will take care of them. We don't have to. He didn't tell them in verse 5 here, go take out those that remain. He says, I'll take care of them. I'll drive them out. In other words, God's going to continue to drive uh, out the inhabitants of the land that remained as long as they're going to continue to be um, faithful in what God's telling them to do. So you look here at verse 6. We start to get into this charge that Joshua is giving them. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left. You see that? He's telling them, have courage, keep and do all that the Lord has told you to do. You know, follow the word basically. Don't turn aside to the right or to the left. So don't turn and hold true, basically, if you will. That's what God's, That's what Joshua's telling them. Don't turn and hold true. Uh, I think that what we're going to get in here, as we go a few, a few verses further, what we're going to find is God has commanded separation from foreign religious systems, and that's what we're going to get into. Out of all the things that could have been mentioned to be fearful of with the inhabitants of the land, the one thing that we find that gets addressed is those other nations' ability to corrupt God's people. And how? With their religious systems. Um, so what we're seeing is a command of separation here. So let's, let's read a little bit further. Verse 7, That she come not among these nations... These that remain among you neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them. But cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong, but as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you as he hath promised you. See, he's, the, the, the main concern that's being addressed here is don't go 
amongst these nations that remain and start naming the name of their gods or swearing by their gods or serving their gods or bowing yourself to their gods, right? Don't corrupt your uh, separation. And why does he say this? Because he's addressing their position at this point. Positionally, they've been given all this power. Why are you going to go and waste it on something that has no power at all? Those false gods didn't give you victory and give you power. Why would you turn to them now? Um, And so how do we we, uh, relate to this in our Christian life? Well, we, we first of all, remember everything that God has done for you. Remember your deliverance. Remember the day you were saved. Remember what Christ has done for you. And then realize that this world has nothing to offer us. Why would we? Don't, don't turn to the world. Don't turn to the left or to the right. Don't, don't take on the world's way of doing things when we know that we've been given uh, position as believers in Christ. We've been given power because we've been put positionally in Christ. We have power to pray. Uh, we have power you know, to do... We have been given everything we need according to this Word of God, all the power that we need to walk in the Spirit and have victory in our Christian life. Amen? But the world is out to corrupt that. So it is a little warm in here this evening, isn't it? I, feel, I think I feel a little warm up here too. So, But we'll get through it. So, do, so don't turn, hold true. God commanded separation from the foreign religious systems. Um, he addresses them positionally. Uh, he's saying one of you will be able to chase a thousand. A thousand people scared of one person? Why? Because they've seen what God can do. Amen? Uh, so just positionally, how, how do I relate to that in my Christian life? Don't let things that have no power defeat me when I know that God has given me the strength to overcome these things in my life. Amen? Um, we need to understand our position as believers. So I kind of pulled that out of there. Uh, let me see, where did I leave off? Look at verse 12. Else if ye do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them and go in unto them, and they to you. Thanks for turning that up, by the way. Uh, know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you, and and scourges in your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. You see, the land that was promised to them, those promises go back to Abraham, but they were, they were conditional. Amen? And they go back to Abraham, and then also to Moses. Uh, but there's the Palestinian covenant that we find in the Bible. These are conditional circumstances. Basically, it's like this. If you choose to do right and follow the Lord, you'll be blessed. If you choose to do wrong and you break His commandments, you won't be blessed. You'll have curses. And the enemies that remain will take over things again and everything else. And so that is specific to Israel. Okay, That's specific to their situation, um, to the covenant that they had with their land. But there's principles in that that I think are very true to us today. If I choose knowing what everything God has done for me in my life, and I'm just going to go and serve sin and serve the world and do all that stuff, I'm going to have some pretty bad consequences for that. The the pleasure of sin is for a moment, but it always leads to death. It always leads to something bad happening. 
So we can't serve the world and serve Christ. We can't bring worldliness into our Christian relationship. And and that's being addressed here. And we're to do things differently than the world. And so it all comes out here, but he's telling them for certainty, if you're not going to do this, then the Lord's not going to keep driving out the enemy. Uh, He's telling them that in verse 14, and behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth. He's telling them I'm getting ready to depart. And I think Joshua had a godly concern for Israel that they weren't going to stay on the right track. And uh, why would why would Joshua feel that way? I think spiritual leadership and those with a lot of experience in their Christian life who have that wisdom, we tend to be able to look around and we can see tendencies. Amen? We happen to just discern things. And sometimes people really don't like us for that. Because we say, you know what? This thing that you're doing, this is not going to end well for you. You're falling into a trap. And we may see it long before someone else sees it. And we give them the warning. And, um, well, has anybody ever said something like that to somebody they cared about, loved about, and it blew up right in their face? Right? I see this direction you're going, and I'm, I'm just concerned about how this is going to end for you. Would you take more time to pray about it, think about it, seek the Lord about it, talk to pastor about it, talk to God about it, get into the Word, see what God says? And uh, sometimes they, you know, sometimes we become the recipient of a little bit of a negative response to that. But if we have discernment and we have wisdom and we have experience, we may see tendencies. And I'm sure Joshua, being so close to them for this amount of time, seen some tendencies and had some concerns. And I think that he's going to address this as we go on and into chapter 24. Um, but we'll, we'll look at this. Um, verse 15, Therefore it shall come to pass that as all good things are come upon you which the Lord your God promised you, so shall the Lord bring upon you all evil things until he have destroyed you from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you when ye have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods, and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and ye shall perish quickly from off the good land which he hath given you. I mean, it's very simple what he's telling them. He's telling them, if you do this, this is going to be the outcome. And that's essentially the message that we give with the gospel every day, is it not? If you reject Christ, one day you'll die and end up in hell. That's the outcome. Don't reject Christ. You need to get saved. You need to accept Him. And so, uh, you know, we, we all we can do, just like what Joshua did, we're just the messengers. Amen? We're just the messengers. It's up to each individual to follow. So, uh, we see here in 23, uh, I think a key verse here, highlight this one, is verse 11. Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. That's a good key verse in that chapter because guess what? I have to take heed for myself that I follow the Lord in my life. Amen? And you have to take heed for yourself. My walk with Christ may benefit those around me, but they have to decide for themselves to follow the Lord and to seek that wisdom from God. Amen? And so in this chapter, we find some important topics. And I'll give you this statement Chapter 23, fellowship 
separation, and consistency must work together to complete the walk of the believer. I pulled that out of 23. Would you agree with that statement? Fellowship, they were to serve together. They were to work together. They were to live in unity with one another. right? Fellowship, just like we're in fellowship here right now. Separation, meaning they weren't to get let the world in and corrupt their religion, their religion, their faith, right? Fellowship, separation, but then they were told to be consistent in their walk. So fellowship, separation, and consistency must work together to complete the walk of the believer. We'll have a, a we'll have a, a very good walk with Christ in our life if we stay in fellowship, if we keep our separation, and if we're consistent in our walk with the Lord. Amen. Those things will give us a very complete, well-rounded walk with the Lord. Um, and I want to turn us for one second, turn to Psalm chapter 1. First chapter of Psalm. It's only six verses there. I don't have it memorized. I'm, I'm real bad with memorization. It just, But I'm sure somebody here probably could say all six of these verses. But Psalm chapter 1, and just write, write down the whole chapter. You can write that down and look at it, but this is uh, kind of synonymous, all right? This kind of goes with that, that topic. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Amen? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He goes on to tell us that the ungodly is not is not so with them. But it tells us if we will um, walk godly and not allow ungodly people to be an influence to us, all right, we'll have blessing for that. If we don't uh, stand in the way of sinners, we're not condoning sin. We're not you know we're just keep it away. Um, if we're not sitting in the seat of the scornful. Um, and we delight in the, in the Word of God, and we meditate in the Word of God, we'll have a fruitful life. Amen? We'll be fruitful. So, uh, there's chapter 23. Give me a few minutes in 24 so we can finish this up and start in Ruth next week. So turn over to chapter 24 for a second. In Joshua 24... It starts in verse 1. It says this, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. So they've assembled. Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them, and afterwards I brought you out. He's talking about their deliverance. I think that this is... This is pretty amazing. So let me break it down because we're running out of time. So in these first, I want to say 13 verses, you're going to see Joshua 
reminding the people where they were from and how they became God's people to begin with. So where they were from and how they became to be God's people. Um, and then he goes in and he, and he gives them uh, a reminder of how they are to live as a result of their blessed position. So you find that in chapter 24. And he goes in here and he's telling him, and I, this is a fascinating fact. You'll write this down. I promise me you want to. In these first 13 verses, there's a whole lot that's said about the state of their fathers, the spirituality of their fathers, the blessing of Abraham. Um, there's a whole lot that's said about the power of God with Abraham. And there's a whole lot that's said about the blessing that's been promised to them as a succeeding generation of Abraham. Do you get that? There's a lot in there about their position because they're the children of Abraham, the covenant, the promises, the blessings. That's a majority of those 13 verses. But only four Hebrew words were devoted to talk about the time that they spent in the wilderness. Really process that. That's what struck me. God had a lot to say about their blessing. He had a lot to say about their lineage, about their heritage. He had a lot to say about uh, the power of God in their life, the deliverance of God in their life, how they became God's people, everything God had done. But he didn't, God didn't talk that much about that 40 years in the wilderness. Why? Because it was an unfruitful time for them. To God, it's the time that we spend serving Him. It's our blessing. It's everything He's done for us is what He wants us to focus on, not the failure. Amen? We've got all... Am I off? Amen! Somebody should be happy about what I'm saying here. Aren't you glad we don't have a God that's not sitting here? Well, you know, Brian, let me talk about all the things you've done wrong and how you've blown it and you did this and you did that. And even after you got saved, I still can't believe you did this and that and the wilderness wandering and the unfruitfulness. No, because he's given me so much to meditate on about the blessing of being in Christ, the forgiveness of being in Christ, the mercy that he's given me, the love that he's given me. God's more concerned about your fruitfulness and wants to make you think, oh, I don't have the verse in front of me. What is it? Think on these things. Where is that in the Bible? Anyone know it off the top of their head? Philippians chapter 4? It is. I've got to read it now and then we'll finish up with that. I believe that is it. Yeah, eight, yes. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's kind of what we're seeing there is God saying, don't spend your time consuming yourself with the wilderness and the unfruitfulness and the barren times of because you messed up. Now you've been given victory. You're back on the right track. You've been given the deliverance. You've been given the promise. You've been reconciled. Now spend your time focusing on the good things, the blessings that God's given you. 
Because that's what will help you the most move forward and have an even more fruitful season uh, in your life. So just a couple key verses there. I'll have to go back um, in 24 and write these verses down. Verses 14 and 15, and then we'll close out. Um, So in verses 14 and 15, maybe one of the most commonly quoted uh, verses out of the entire book of Joshua. So it'll be very familiar to you, but it's very true. It says this, Now therefore fear the Lord. Alright, let's have a reverential trust and fear of the Lord. He's God. We ought to respect Him like He's God. Um, Fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Um, that's I that's got to close out Joshua with that right there. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Church, we have a decision to make. And can I tell you this? The decision to serve the Lord is an everyday decision. Just because I've been serving the Lord 12 years, 13 years, 15 years, 20 years, 40 years, I don't know however long you've been serving the Lord, you could wake up tomorrow and make a bad decision. I die daily. We pray daily. Lord, help me to serve you today. If you get off track somewhere along the line, Aren't you thankful for a merciful God to help us get right back on track again? I like this statement, and then we'll pr- I'll pray out. Uh, preacher friend of mine, he always says, today is the first day of the rest of your life. What does he mean when he says that? Stop worrying about what happened yesterday. You're serving the Lord now. You're serving the Lord today. Let's make sure you keep serving them tomorrow. Amen? And so that's good instruction for us tonight. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the Bible study tonight. And for the conviction and encouragement, Lord, that uh, one, that we understand who we are in Christ and our position, the power that you've given us. And Lord, we understand your scripture also warns us not to quench the spirit of God, not to grieve the spirit of God, not to let the world in and the world's way of doing things in because we don't want to um, corrode or corrupt um, the excellence that you've been give, that has been given to us in you, Lord. So we want to we want to live to glorify you and do things your way, Lord. And uh, Lord, help us focus on the blessings of being in Christ. Help us meditate on your word and remember all the amazing things that you've already done for us. And to use that and the appreciation that we have towards you to be the one thing that propels us to want to serve you and tell others about you. Lord, you're good to us. Uh, We certainly don't deserve everything you've done for us, God. The love, the forgiveness, the mercy. But we're so thankful that you've given it to us anyway, God. Help us be good stewards with the gospel, to tell others about you, to love those around us, to love you, to love one another. And um, God, we need you. And we just thank you for your blessing on us this evening. Bless everyone as they leave here tonight. Keep them safe. Remember all of the prayer requests that have been mentioned. Many healing needs. And uh, 
just many needs in general, Lord. And uh, But you know them all, and we lift them all up to you and ask that you'll have your way and that your will would be done in every one of these situations. And uh, thank you, Lord, for our church. Thank you, Lord, for our people here. God, thank you for their faithfulness and uh, the desire to serve you, Lord. And um, New Lexington is a good place to be, God. I ask that you'll pour out many blessings on us here and in our community, Lord. As we leave here tonight, keep everyone safe until we can meet again this weekend, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.